Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 101 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. And Joe, it's going to take me uh, a little bit of time to get used to <laughs> having to say 100. Um, I put a smile on my face just just having to say 101. Crazy how many episodes we've done. It feels like yeah, it's flown it's by. Several extra syllables, even. It's <laughs> Man, it's going to mess up my rhythm. It's really oh, yeah. going to mess up my rhythm. Uh, but I'll get used to it. But Joe, we did have an event last week. We did um, decide not to do an episode last week because we would basically be only we had a couple pieces of news, but we would only be trying to preview the All Stars Asia. And all in all, I decided it's not the most previewable thing. I don't know what, uh, what exactly would we would be previewing. I think at that point we like didn't even have the All Star teams picked and stuff like that. So it would have been tough. Um, at that point in the week particularly this year yeah yeah um especially this year we just had no clue what was going on uh but now we do now that it's happened joe uh so we can go through it um i personally only watched basically the end of the actual all-star game live because obviously we're on the east coast in america and this happened while i was asleep mostly um but the actual all-star game uh, started at eight Eastern. Uh, I think it was on a, it was on a Saturday, so I was sleeping through the first two maps at least, and then I saw the third map where they played Tiny Overwatch, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and I was I was told that was the best part of the whole event, so I guess I didn't miss much, Joe. That um, is that is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I didn't rewatch. I was gonna go back and rewatch Widow One v One because I always enjoy to watch that every All Star event, Joe. But um. I was told not to by my coworkers of Boston Uprising. They said it wasn't entertaining because um, the players were hiding a lot and not trying to kill one another, which is what you want to see in Widow 1v1s. Um, but basically they're explaining to me, yeah, since there was money on the line, uh, the winner got $15,000, second got $7,500. Uh, basically they... Decided to try hard um, and hide behind poles and try their hardest not to die rather than trying their hardest to kill the other person. Um, but DM ended up winning it, I guess. Uh, they had a Carpe versus DM match in the quarterfinals, which was fantastic. That's mainly what I wanted to watch. Um, and apparently it was close. They went the distance. DM won 5-4. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. I think um, even more than, I mean, I don't know because um, obviously I wasn't playing in it, but I feel like even more than the money, uh, one of the bigger factors there was that they took out the um, capture point. Oh, yeah, they took out. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention um, Yeah, because, yeah, you know, after a minute and a half or whatever, usually a capture point opens up and that's how they can like break ties. But they took that out completely. And so it was just like a five minute timer on the round. <laughs> um, and so they almost, I don't think they ever actually did. Uh, just spend the entire five minutes and then just the round gets reset and nobody scores a point. Uh, uh, but they certainly got close a couple times. Um, that yeah, you, you know, when you have no incentive to, to not play safe, um, yeah, particularly the later rounds were just not super interesting, <laughs> which was unfortunate, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently from being obviously in the scene and working in the scene, apparently, uh, they decided to take out that capture point because the players didn't want it. 
<laughs> because they didn't like it. They didn't like it. Um, but but uh, I, I think they probably are considering at this point bringing it back for NA this weekend. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and it was funny. Um, I think it was like Jaws and Hex casting this event or something. Um, and um, but, but one of them was ta- they were talking about, oh, you know, we should uh, we should do this or we should do that to try to try to resolve these stalemates. Uh, but they were talking, like, oh, you know, oh, that's not possible. That's not possible. But we have, uh, you know, we have the workshop, right? I think one of them was uh, they didn't mention Fortnite by name. But I think one of them was jokingly like, "Oh, well, we should just get like the, the the storm, whatever that like gradually shrinks the map, and they have yeah. to get closer and closer together." But you could totally do that in the workshop. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that's that would that's make things idea. interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> or or on Necropolis, I thought um, you could even probably make a code where like um, eventually, like the ground starts rising, so like gradually you you just get lifted up above all of the cover uh, ah. and and that would um that would yeah th- that, that, that way would affect that see as well. each other and actually kill each other yeah um, <laughs> yeah i think those are both good ideas actually the fortnite one's like similar to the capture point but i think it's better than the capture point um, yeah because you still have to have kill to... each other yeah exactly um yeah hopefully they fix something in time for luckily they've had a week to think about this and realize oh that wasn't that exciting um, maybe we should change it up for for the second All Star event we're having. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that'll change for the one that I uh, actually can be awake for to watch and will watch. Uh, shout because, out to Glister. Uh, oh, oh, shout out to Glister. What Glister? Uh, yeah, who who made it to the top four? He beats uh, Fitz and then did particularly well against DM. I thought. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean compared to where we might have expected him to be. Um, which yeah, which is yeah, important. I mean, people are talking about a lot of London Spitfire players because I don't know if you've heard the rumor that they are dropping their entire roster. Um, but yeah, they might be dropping their entire roster again and going for local talent. Yeah. Um, so it could be huge for... I, I think there are a bunch of... Even though London didn't have that much success in APAC, I I think there's a ton of... Uh, especially Glister. I, I think Glister's a great player and someone's going to pick him up next year. So... Um, uh, but yeah, I, I also heard that Ons possibly like seemed like he was throwing against DM at the end. <laughs> yeah, th- there was, there was some kind of controversy that I didn't, um, I didn't 100% follow, but yeah, that like, um, uh, that, that the last few points of Necropolis were certainly, uh, much quicker, uh, uh, going towards DM than the rest had been. Um, and then I guess Ons was on stream later and, um, uh, potentially calling thing or calling, calling like the situation gay in a bad way, and <laughs> and there was, <laughs> and, and there were things like, or and there was discussion of you know oh is that a, is that a cultural difference is that, um you know whatever I, I think he I think he did later apologize on Twitter for it anyway but it was a whole thing, yeah um that yeah that DM DM one but yeah there was there was a question of. Uh, you know how and <laughs> how and why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, maybe it seems like Oz maybe got just upset at the hiding behind hiding behind stuff and was like, "All right, I'm done with this." Yeah, um, that's my best guess. I, I obviously didn't watch it, but that's what I heard from my coworkers. Um, yeah, it 
I mean, <laughs> I've been told it's not worth rewatching, but it sounds like there are some fun things in there. So maybe go rewatch it. Watch this weekend. Shout out to uh, Color Hex, who's repping Boston Uprising this weekend in the Widow One v One. Hopefully, he can get some get some uh, get some wins in there. Um, but besides that, there's a talent takedown um, where they had the Chinese talent face off against the Korean talent with a uh, Korean talent captain being Ryu Jae Hong and YXL being the Chinese talent captain. Um, I don't know any of the Chinese or Korean talent members at all. Um, I, I remember specifically saying at the beginning of the year that I would watch like that. I would like to watch the um, matches that happen in Korea and China uh, in their like native language stream. Um, but obviously we ended up getting no games there technical like live games so i never got to do that um but apparently the chinese talent is much better than the korean talent because they stomped on lee jong tower and then won on busan as well um and uh, joe if you want to talk about the confusion that the cast the na caster had about the special rules here because i think it's kind of funny yeah we were were, uh talking about this before we started um officially recording (laughs) Um, they, yeah, they had, they had a gimmick, which I think they're going to use also in, in North America where, um, um, every map, one, one team or the other can, um, can pick a, a random like set of buffs, um, that'll apply for that particular map, just, you know, for entertainment value. Um, and so, and one of them was double damage, double healing and increased movement speed, uh, which the, um, which the Chinese team picked um, on the first map, Lijiang Tower, um, but it was uh, uh, Wolf and Achilles were were sort of confused about exactly how that applied. Uh, they, they weren't entirely sure, and so then, when when map one was a slaughter, uh, the, the team China team Brick Movers um, just just completely dominated that particular round, and and the caster was like, oh yeah, that makes sense because they had double hit double damage and double healing and increased movement speed so like you, you know you know, we'd expect that to be uh you know i'd expect them to just dominate on on uh, you know over a team that didn't have that uh but, th- but then they like came back from the break and they're like oh okay well uh we just got informed by our production team that no uh that map ac- actually just was a slaughter because both teams had double damage double healing and increased movement speed it was crazy um yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, either way, <laughs> they ended up slaughtering him. Uh, apparently, NA is not going to be doing the exact same way, but they have another stipulation type thing where they're basically forcing a meta on each map. Oh, apparently, they're... map one, you have to have Genji and Tracer. Map two, you have to run Goats. And then map three, you have to have Widow and Tracer, um, which should be interesting as well. Um Wonder the wonder what the decision was on those specific uh, um, DPS heroes, but yeah. fun. And then map four tiebreaker, if needed, is just going to be standard. So whatever you, I whatever you they want. Wanted to, they wanted to make sure we got the the Brito maker in there somewhere. Yeah, of course, um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, oh yeah, but the teams are up too. Oh, and Frankie's playing. That's cool. Um, Custa team Custa's Custa reinforce. Jeez, Custa and Reinforce are on the same team. Yeah. Reinforce, <laughs> ZP, Frankie, Mr. X, and Hex. And then Team Jake is Jake, Brent, Zoe, 
Uber Jaws sideshow. Um, I remember on, on um, Spilling the Tea, our Boston Uprising show, Jaws said that he um, actually peaked pretty high and competitive at some point. So I feel like Jaws is actually pretty good. Uh, but Custa reinforced, my God. I think Team Custa might take this one. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that'll be interesting. So that's me kind of previewing before we were supposed to preview later. Um, but the bunch of skills challenges as well. And just like running through it. I'm like, yep, everyone who I thought would win won. Gushui won Winston skill challenge. Sparkle won Genji skill challenge. Jonak won Anna skill challenge. Um, yeah, <laughs> those are like the three players you think of when you hear Winston, Genji, Anna. So yeah, it these were also- sense. Not incredibly well done, I didn't think either, which was unfortunate. Uh, like the Winston one, they were, it was on Ilios Well, and you had to like um, knock a wrecking ball into the well to get a point. Except it wasn't like, it wasn't like a constant round. And so it started with both Winstons with Primal Rage, like at their spawns, and they had to get to the middle and like push the ball into the middle and into the well. But they would usually both do that in about the same time. And so it would be like both wrecking balls falling in, but one is like slightly lower and it gets in first. And then they reset uh. the round. And it was just like, and they only played to two points. So it was like a minute and a half of mostly traveling from spawn. <laughs> what, they, what they should have done. And since, you know, I'll just, I'll just uh, lay it out. What they should have done was, just make it like two minutes or something and, and there are no resets ever and just the and the wrecking balls just sort of spawn randomly around the map and so you, you score and then you have to go find your ball and then score again but it's just like constant that would or just have more. it be or have it be one ball maybe yeah yeah um, even that fight over it fight over the ball much more entertaining but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and then, yeah, the Genji one was the Genji one was good. I'll gi- that'll give them that. The Genji one was good, um, and the Ana one was just on a paintball. So <laughs> nice, always good. Um, and then this last one: Who is Meta? Eight players with the best flooded deadlift percentages in Asia region participate participated, and it was Hero Gauntlet, um, which is a, a very fun mode to play. I didn't watch this, so. Maybe it was fun to watch. Rascal ended up winning that one. Yeah, it's um, um, probably probably slightly more fun to play than it is to watch, just because, like, I mean, and rightly so, the casters didn't know how to cast it, and the spectators didn't know <laughs> how to spectate it, so it was just happening. sort of bouncing around for a while. Yeah, but but it was, I mean, it was it was entertaining. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a god at that mode. I feel like I win so often. I'm like, geez, I'm good at this. Um. And then I guess the only, I didn't actually talk about the actual All-Star game, which was AAA versus Team Universe. Um, I'm not going to go over all the players here. I guess there are a lot of them. One was coached by Moon, and one was coached by um, Jin, Guangzhou Charge coach. Uh, and apparently those coaches just drafted, and that's how it's going to work for North America, too. They already drafted them. We'll talk about that later. Um, but Team Universe won. Um, I, I mean... As far as the actual event goes, I only saw the Tony Tiny Overwatch, and it was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I mean, I think it should be, especially this year when you like, I, I like, All-Star games are cool when it's 
like one conference versus the other because you get to be like, oh, which one's better, Pacific or Atlantic? Uh, this year they obviously can't do that, so uh, they have to split it up into into a bunch of different teams here. So I'm glad that they like embraced more of just like um, fun sort of things. They map one, they did standard competitive six v six. Map two, apparently teams picked pick picked the opponent roster um, and they on an escort map for this map. For that map, each team will submit six heroes for a 2-2-2 comp to be played by the opposing team. Players will not be required to play their traditional roles. Uh, so basically pick each other's comps, which is fun. Um, and then Tiny Overwatch uh, for map three, which was hilarious. And we got an amazing Reinhardt meme out of it if you haven't seen it already. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like it. Um, and then map four, if it would have happened, would have been on a control map. And each different control map would have been either all damaged, then all tank, and then all support. Which also would have been fun to see. But there was no map for so we didn't get to see it. Um, but yeah, I only watched the last one and it was hilarious. I think that's what you need for this year, Joe. I think the All-Star game needs to just be silly, fun things. Don't take, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Enjoyed it. Um... Anything else to say for, for the Asia All-Stars before we get into the news? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, it's good to, you know, good to see everybody again. Obviously, um, we, I don't think we've technically talked about this on the show yet, but um, yeah, the, obviously they moved um, a lot of the players uh, who have been competing during the regular season in North America, uh, but participated in Asia All-Stars because um, uh, most of them were uh, Korean players who sort of, you know, went home for the off-season break. Um, yep. So it was cool to see. Yeah, definitely cool. Um, it's going to be interesting because I think some of the some of the North America players are in Korea right now that are participating this weekend. In North America, um, that's true. Uh, Funny Astro, Moth, Poco, Super. I mean, um, the, the two NA teams, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So <laughs> they're going to have bad ping, I would imagine. Yeah. So that'll be fun for them. Uh, but we'll preview that one later on in the podcast. Let's get into the news first. Uh, some of this news is uh, a little bit old from last week since we didn't have a podcast then. But um, it's been announced that uh, drops will be happening for League of Legends Worlds, which is already happening uh, on YouTube, which uh is hopefully good news for the future of overwatch league youtube drops uh when joe sent me this i was like i was surprised because i was surprised at first because i was like well youtube has a specific partnership with the overwatch league and they should be wanting to push that more than league of legends worlds but it seems like they just gave in and said well league of legends worlds gets more viewers we'll just give it to them (laughs) um so but it's good news for the future at least Absolutely, I yeah. Imagine. Now that we know it's uh, solidly possible. Yep, absolutely. Um, BlizzCon Online was announced. BlizzCon Line is what they're calling it. <laughs> um, and it's going to be taking place February 19th to 20th. Uh, I imagine that is when we will get some Overwatch 2 announcements. If not before that, some people are predicting possibly at the finals um there's nothing pointing that direction so i'm gonna say i'm gonna still i'm gonna go with the safe route here joe 
uh, BlizzCon here, and then people are expecting briefly after Overwatch 2 to come out. We'll see. COVID's obviously delayed a bunch of things. I, I'm not getting myself too hyped quite yet. Yeah, somebody else pointed out um, uh, that that's the the timing of that lines up nicely with uh, the Tracer comics that are coming out also, which is supposed yeah. to be about one a month. So that the the last one, number five, will come out in January, and then about a month later uh, is BlizzCon. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um. Also, I just want to say, like, on the Reddit post for this, everyone's complaining about how long it's been since we've gotten Overwatch 2 news, but you should have expected that this, because literally last BlizzCon, they said that they were not going to talk about it all year. They're like, this is the new, this is the news you're going to get for a very long time. And now people are surprised. Like, don't act, don't act surprised here. We knew that this was going to happen. Um, obviously, it sucks, but yeah, we knew that Jeff told us. Jeff told us this was going to happen, all right? Um, but yeah, and honestly, I'm fine with not seeing that much of it until, until we get there. It's just, it's story mode. I don't want it to be spoiled too much. It's true. Um, there was a new experimental patch that, uh, by the time we have, uh, started recording this podcast is already live. So, uh, Jeff, you want to get into this ex- experimental patch with some fun McCree changes? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Arissa hog buffs. And some of which didn't go through, but <laughs> but it's all good. Um, that yeah, we have. Uh, there was an experimental patch on September eighteenth, <laughs> so yeah, twelve days ago. Um, uh, experimental mode came out um, with uh, again the the change that didn't go through to McCree, uh, where his combat role uh, could be activated in the air. Um which was an interesting new thing to happen. <laughs> um, all the rest, I believe, of those changes did go through in a patch, so I'll actually just switch uh, to the uh, live patch notes now. But um, September 24th, we got a live patch. So Ash's Dynamite was tuned down, so the explosion damage uh, that it deals would be reduced from 75 to 50. Uh, 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 the notes say, keeping the rival keeping the rifle feeling impactful, um, but taking some power out of the dynamite. Uh, to compensate for some of the healing nerfs that Baptiste got um, recently, his uh, ultimate cost was decreased by 15%. Uh, uh, and again, McCree, so his uh, combat rule cannot be activated in the air. Uh, that change was not put through, but its distance was increased by 20%. Um, and the stun duration on his flashbang has been increased from 0.7 to 0.8 seconds, um, which I believe it was highlighted at the time means that you can get two full shots off um, during the stun duration instead of one, uh, which is pretty significant <laughs> for anybody with less than, I don't know how much damage he deals, but probably 250 health uh, with headshots. But So that's big. Um, Orissa, uh, got some changes as well here, uh, that her, uh, primary fire projectile speed increased from 90 to 120, uh, so it's, it's much faster now, uh, which means that you can, uh, be a little bit tighter with your aiming, is a good way to describe it, uh, you don't have to lead your shots as much, as well as her base armor increased from 200 to 250, uh, so 
She now has uh, a 50 more health points than she used to, uh, but those are armor, so there's a little bit of damage reduction applied as well. Um, and then Roadhog was the last change um, that after the uh, last patch uh, that sort of uh, sort of nerfed, nerfed him a bit, um, the chain hook combo was still not effective against some of the smaller enemy heroes, uh, so his hook now pulls targets uh, half a meter closer uh, to you than it used to, uh, from three and a half meters to three meters even. Uh, so, you know, closer, you're less affected by spread, get the damage in a little bit better, uh, is the theory. Um, yeah, and, and that is that is live now, so... That's something nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool changes. Obviously, um, uh, Overwatch League main tanks were not happy to see more Arisa buffs, but uh, <laughs> there'll be a lot more changes until next season, boys. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully, no worries. And then we did have um, another patch yesterday, a uh, very small oh, one. PTR. Uh, well, on the live, even. We had a very small oh, patch. Wow. Um, oh, bug fixes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not a balanced patch, but. Um, Notably, um, if you were missing Twitch drops uh, for the Tracer Comic Challenge, uh, uh, that should, it looks like maybe should be fixed already. They've been working on it over the past week a little bit. Uh, I thought there was more substance to this. Maybe not. But, uh, <laughs> and then a couple bucks fixes for, for Genji and Tracer. But, uh, yeah, so that was the thing as well. Nice. Um,. Very nice. And like I just said, there was also a PTR patch. Um, and it looks like PTR patch is more for like big feature changes, not specifically um, balance changes in the heroes. Yeah, stuff um, they can't do with uh, with an experimental card. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Joe, if you want to get into this one, it's a lot, lots of patches to talk about for you, Joe. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of that, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so a PTR patch came out the 23rd. Uh, so it's just about a week ago uh, that the profanity filter has been uh, changed up a little bit on the PTR. You can now filter your chat uh, uh, friendly, which is sort of the most aggressive filtering, uh, mature uh, or unfiltered. Uh, it says this setting is not recommended, uh, but it is available now for you. And you can actually apply those three levels of filtering to uh, the different kinds of chat, whether that's uh, you know the general white text on the main menu or match chat, team chat, party chat, and whispering. Um, so that's a thing as well. Nice. Um, and the other big change there on the PTR is um, uh, elevators. Uh, <laughs> elevators will now wait at the bottom of their track until a player boards the platform. After a short delay, the, pla the platform rises rapidly upward um, and then pauses briefly before returning to the bottom. So, uh, particularly Hollywood, uh, Full Sky Industries, uh, those are the only two maps that this highlights. I can't think of any more elevators off the top of my head. Uh, I think those are it. Yeah, so maybe they'll add more in future maps or something. I don't know. Maybe there'll be one on the Paris rework. Or the Horizon rework. <laughs> They've been working on that for forever, haven't they? I just, I just thought about that. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, I think they're just going to be like, yeah, just ship with Overwatch 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, but so elevators, yeah, so try to make it a little bit more consistent. Uh, so you're no longer you know, sort of waiting on an elevator 
um, at an inopportune time, um, which <laughs> I'm sure people, uh, you, you know, you can think of experiences when that might have happened. But um, and it's actually uh, relatively significant here. Uh, Reinhardt got a change where he has a uh, friendly, he has an allied ultimate voice line. Uh, I'll say apparently for the Crusaders uh, when you do your uh, Earth Shatter, so that your teammates know that you've done it, which is significant. Um, you know, lots of other, uh, lots of other heroes have the allied voice line, uh, but Reinhardt doesn't. I think, like Roadhog doesn't. Uh, there's a few others too, but uh, but that's a that's a benefit for him. Um, uh, yeah, those were those were the three main things. Um, Somber yeah. got a little translocator improved the smoothness of her first person camera when translating short distances. I don't know what that means really, but uh, <laughs> but that's we'll the see, thing. I guess. Uh, apparently there was also a uh, a fix to wrecking balls grappling hook uh, now has improved target detection to help connecting to walls be more consistent. Uh, so say the patch notes. Uh, but I actually was just this afternoon um, looking at a video that somebody put together that apparently it's, um, it's doing some pretty wonky things um, and like it's like the sensitivity is turned like turned up too much or something or huh. or turned down too much and so it's like you, you can't um, in lots of situations you can't be as precise as you used to um, when you're trying to do like you know pinpoint um, swings and stuff so people were complaining about that 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 might might get a little uh, relooked at here Um yeah. We'll have to see. But uh but yeah, that's that that is that patch. Nice. Elevator changes are absolutely huge. I know tons of the uprising players hated those elevators. Ton, I imagine tons of Overwatch League players did not like them either. Yeah. At least when they were discussing favorite maps, they were like, Well, I would like Hollywood, but the the damn elevators. <laughs> um so yeah. Uh pretty pretty big change right there, and I think it's good. Um, like I mentioned earlier, London Spitfire, uh, it is rumored they're in the process of releasing the entire roster and coaching staff, not announced by them officially, um, but talks all around, obviously, and it looks like they are going for more local talent, their own talent, such as British Hurricane, um, stuff like that, uh, Western European players, which is uh, very interesting, obviously, because um, when Paris, I remember when Paris first came to the league, they were like, we're not going to be like those London Spitfire losers. Uh, we're going to take people from uh, from Europe, actually. Um, and then Paris changed their mind on that clearly this year and, and got really good because of it. Um, and that, now it seems like London's like, uh, now we're going to do that, uh, which... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it depends who I depends who they get. I'm not gonna complain about it yet. So, it was Paris's mainly didn't work out because they didn't get good enough players. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, it, this we'll keep an eye on it here once it's if it's fish, officially announced. Another big thing, like I mentioned earlier, is London Spitfire. This team is still pretty good. Um, they they weren't bad. I'd say they were middle of the pack overall in the entire league. Uh, obviously, we're in a very tough APAC conference all, all year facing some of the best teams in the league and still performed very well against some of them uh like i mentioned earlier i think glister's a great player and definitely will be rostered next year and 
I'm excited to see where these players go. Um, I think they could have good, be good fits on some of these other rosters around the league. So definitely keep your eye on that one. Gets me excited for off-season news and seeing where everyone's going to go, Joe. I, I always do like the off-season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun time. It's uh, crazy that we're we're getting there already. Uh, yep. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it is sort of interesting. I mean, just considering um, um, the fact that you know London already did do uh, you know sort of a big shakeup um, um, in the last off season that sounds similar to what we're talking about here. But I mean, at the yeah. same time, yeah, it's uh, definitely not uh, uh, definitely not a bad idea. I, I would say. Um, um, you, you know, be in be in London in the position that they are um, to try to try to change up something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll we'll figure out exactly all the details of that as as they come up. Yeah, I mean, they could be considering like if if COVID's still bad next year, they could be. It probably cost them a good amount of money and and resources to to basically have to deal with this team that is in Korea the whole year. That's true. So maybe they were like, "Well, if this happens again, I would. L- I think we would rather have players that want to stay. Um, I guess it wouldn't be an EU; it'd be an NA because that's where Paris and London were at first. So, yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with this. So definitely keeping my eye, eye on it. Um, but besides that, uh, both All Stars and Roll Stars. Obviously, All Stars have been announced, but Roll Stars have also been announced. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the All-Stars here. I think almost everyone's pretty deserving. and There's nothing controversial in there. You could go look at the list yourself if you'd like. There's tons of players in there. Um, but let's talk Roll-Stars, Joe. Um, so we got five da- five damage players here um, because there was a tie for the final damage spot, actually. Um, which is interesting. Usually, there's four in the other two, right? Tank and yeah. support both have four. So yeah, there are five. That's why I did, I wasn't wondering why. I was like, why are there more? But apparently, there's a tie um, in the voting. Uh, but basically, Fleta obviously made it. He was the MVP, so I would expect him to be also be a role star. Um, Sparkle, Carpe, Ons, and Lip uh, all made it as well. All very deserving players, let's be honest here. Um, so I think Sparkle maybe had a little bit of controversy. I think he's a good player, but obviously he only played um, maybe three-fourths of the season at most because he was a he's um, not eligible to play until, what was it, like May maybe? Something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- that one's a little more controversial, I guess. I think it's funny that a couple of the stats that they highlight for Carpe, because uh, on this this news article they they'll pull out some DPS and, and tank stats and whatever for the tanks, but a couple of the stats they they selected for Carpe uh, were for Torpjorn, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Uh, his first in final blows for ten minutes in team fights as Torbjorn, and first in team fight win rate as Torbjorn in the league. <laughs> so. Best Torbjorn clearly deserves Roll Star. No yeah. <laughs> and it's Carpe, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, all these players deserve it. Flood and Lip, probably the best damage duo in the league. I would agree with that. Ons had a fantastic year. Um, looked really great. 
Yeah, they have their Fleta deadlift stats in here too. And um, Fleta himself uh, had one Fleta deadlift this year. Uh, and then Sparkle and Ons also had one Fleta deadlift lift and Lip and Carpe did not. Um, but Carpe doesn't need to need to as much. Philly has so many other good damage players. They don't, they don't need. They didn't really need Carpe, especially towards the end of the season. I felt like I wasn't seeing him as much because they don't really need him. Their team's stacked. Yeah, uh, as sure. far as tank, as far as tanks goes, we're seeing a lot more Shanghai love, which is very well deserved. Obviously, uh, fearless and void both grabbing, um, both grabbing some roll stars this year. Choi Obin. I think this is second year in a row for Choi Obin getting it. I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and then Krong, which I didn't even realize Krong is a rookie. I thought he might have been on the charge last year and just not played. But yeah, Krong is uh, new this year as well. Uh, and he played fantastic. That makes me be like, oh yeah, he he was a great Sigma. He's he's one of my one of my top Sigmas in the league for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah MVP candidate. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, four very deserving tanks, obviously. Uh, for these, I feel like you just go for those top teams. <laughs> I think that's very fair, absolutely, in, in Overwatch, especially. Um, oh my god, it's so <laughs> so. I go to the support and alarms, alarms list of stats here, Joe. Like, my god, this <laughs> is the longest by far on this on this page. I mean, that's, it takes that's... up the whole screen for me. That's what happens when you play five out of six support heroes at a really high level. <laughs> My God. Um, yeah, I, at this point, it's so obvious to me that Alarm's going to win Rookie of the Year because he deserves it. I think there's an argument he deserved possibly winning MVP, uh, especially when you look at all these stats that he's like top four in. Like insane on so many different heroes. Uh, but yeah, Alarm, if you haven't figured out, Alarm got a roll star. Uh, Lee J. Gong got all star, a roll star. Um, Violet got roll star, and then FD God got a roll star. We're seeing a lot of Paris love in these roll stars as well, which I think is well deserved. I think they were, I think they had great individual talent this year for sure, despite not making the top four. Um, but no soul love at all for for a team that did make top four. So yeah, it's, um, not even not even somebody like Profit. Yeah, no, nothing. Uh, which I think is fair. <laughs> I think at Soul, while they are obviously in the top four, definitely didn't look like almost half the season they didn't look like one of the best teams. <laughs> um, so obviously they, I think they're one of the dark horse candidates to win this whole thing in the, the final four. They finally turned it up. Um, but yeah, I think it's great to see some eternal love in here because I do think FD God performed very well uh, this year and Sparkle did as well. He's obviously got a bright future. So, yeah. Uh, good roll stars. I like the graphics on these roll stars, too. Um, yeah, it's it reminds me of, like, something like Aztec or something with the... Yeah. Um, I don't even yeah, know how to describe yeah, it if you haven't seen it, but you know, it's an audio format and all, but you should go look at the little <laughs> icons. It's very impressive. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool, and they got, like, references to all the teams on there. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, back to, I guess we're previewing, um, NA All-Stars now, which is happening this weekend, this Saturday, uh, at a time I can actually watch it. Um, 
okay, I got to switch my webpage because they don't have uh, the Widow 1v1s on the Liquipedia page yet. Um, oh, yeah. But they have announced the actual rosters. It's Team Reinhardt versus Team Diva. Uh, I don't know who I... Maybe the coaches got to decide the names. I'm not sure how they decided t- Team Universe versus AAA either. <laughs> Seems very random. Uh, but the coaches here are KDG from the Philly Fusion and Kuki from the Florida Mayhem. Uh, Kuki's Team Diva. KDG is Reinhardt. Um, Reinhardt has Dante Soon, Nico on DPS, Super Poco, Nevix on Tank, Funny Astro Dogman, uh, Jexy and Crimzo on Support, Team Diva's KSP, Shockwave Agilities on DPS, Space Hydration, McGravy, Ben Best on Tank, and then Kareev, Moth, and FD God on support. Uh, Team Diva, they got a. I think they have a way better support line than Team Reinhardt, to be honest. Uh, well, I guess that. Oh, I didn't see. I forgot about Funny Astro. But I still think it's better. Moth and FD God, that's pretty pretty good. And Kariv. Um, But what does it matter? This is going to be a fun game, too. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm, why I'm in depth previewing who I think is going to win. Anything can happen, obviously. Um, uh, Let me find the Widow 1v1s real quick. Um, And Widow 1v1s didn't necessarily um, have to be all-star players. Uh, I mentioned Color Hex earlier. He didn't make all-stars, technically, but he's in the Widow 1v1s. Um, Logic's Linkser, KSP, Shockwave, Oni God... Soon, Color Hex, and Dalton. Two Vancouver Titans players in there. I did not expect that. Um, but yeah, I think I've, I think you look at these players and you say, well, yeah, these players are not as good as the uh, Asia Widow 1v1s, but I still think it should be fun. Um, if I had to predict one right now, I'm going to predict Logics here. Joe, who are you going with? Uh, I got to pull up the list again. Uh, this sounds like a good pick, though. I feel like he's... Surely he's done um, um, done well in the past. There for that. Uh, let's see. It would be good for uh, it'd be good for Linkster to get that too. Cause wasn't no, that was Rockus that retired. I I don't know why I sometimes put them together in my head. Cause they're they're very <laughs> both, different people. Both you um, outlaws, man. Yeah, uh, but it'd be good for. Uh, like like links or soon or something. Somebody who's somebody who's been in this for a long time. Um, yeah, true. Uh, but I mean, you know, logics fits that description as well. So yeah, should be interesting. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, obviously, I'm rooting for Color X, uh, as I mentioned earlier. So go get them. Um, talent takedown. I mentioned the rosters earlier, Joe. I said that I think Custa should win. I mean, they have Custa and, Custa and Reinforce, while Team Jake just has one former pro in Jake. Um, do you, uh, So I'm going Custa. Who do you think is going to win this one, Jake? Or I just called you Jake. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I probably tend to agree with you. I think, I think um, Team Jake is probably going to be more interesting to watch. <laughs> with Sideshow and Brynn and Uber and everybody on there. But, um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like Team Custa is going to try hard and, and Team Jake is not. Um, <laughs> and so we'll kind of have to evaluate that as that goes on. 
<laughs> yeah, Team Custa seems like it's got some more try-hard people on on the team, to be honest. Uh, whereas Team Jake is seems more like a meme team. Uh, which, yeah, that'll be fun. Obviously, that's like one of the main events in North America almost every time. Um, and then they have... Uh, all the skill challenges too, maybe? Do they? No, uh, they do not. Only, only All Stars Asia. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's your American All Stars, North American All Stars that'll be happening this weekend. Uh, it'll be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. It's a fun little event. And then after that, Joe, um, I literally the week after, right? Is is Grand Finals? So. We're getting there. We're getting there. Next week, we get to preview the final weekend in Overwatch League. So exciting. Um, oh, yeah. And the All-Star skins are officially live now, as of like two days ago, maybe. So or maybe even less. Yeah. it's Maybe yesterday. Can't remember. But they're live now, so you can buy them with your Overwatch League tokens, and they're glorious. Yeah, it was very unfortunate. I had to... Um... I had to actually buy them because I, I didn't have, I didn't even have two hundred tokens. Um, oh boy, saved yeah, up, I which was unfortunate. But. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna check probably right after this. Hopefully, I have enough to buy at least one. Um, but yeah, that's that's all we got for the show here today. Um, we're able to get a lot of good content in there, but yeah, I, if you want to follow us on social media, you can. Follow my personal Twitter at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. We have a show Twitter at On the Flank Show. You can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any corrections, any questions, topics you'd like us to talk about. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on hyphen the hyphen flank.pinecast.co, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you guys for listening and Enjoy North American All-Stars this weekend.